1: Hello all, you're listening to Crew in the Air on Free CR 855 AM. I'm Frank and I will be your host for today. So, before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, uh, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Sovereignty was never ceded. So, uh, today we'll be doing something a little different because usually I'm uh interviewing zine artists and uh, this person is involved in zines and you may be familiar with him as he was one of the pre-recorded interviews uh, we did with the Sticky Institute back in February. Uh, so this guest is John Stevens and we're going to be focusing on his music. So uh, John, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He makes some of the the heaviest, most (laughs) grinding music and noise, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that that you've heard. So we'll be speaking to him about that. So, what are we waiting for? Uh, So, today's guest is a musician who's been involved in many bands such as Religious Observance, Expurgatory, Colostomy Baguette. That's such a great name. (laughs) uh, She Beast, The Church of Hysteria, The New. The Newport Dolls, uh, Shallow, and probably a whole lot more. Mm. He's played at many gigs across Melbourne and interstate as well. So, please welcome back John Stevens to Crew in the Air. Uh, welcome back, John. That's they're good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, um, so we've already interviewed you in regards to your zines, but um, tell us what you do musically. Well, I... It- I identify as musicians kind of a difficult thing because
0: objectively that's that's what I do and it's even even in the bands where I am playing more conventional instruments it's like there's a few other ways to describe it but I tend. In most of the groups that I do, I'm doing what I tend to refer to broadly, and this it, it can sound a bit wanky depending on how you, how your your is. I tend to refer to it as sound sculpture mm-hmm. because it's uh it's a way of referring to like what I do is not um, note specific. It's not referring to like melody or, or so forth in music, but it's the um, it's um, extra layer of sound that is that that I use the word sculpture because it often it's working around what's there already or it's creating sort of a uh something that can sound very physical something mm-hmm. that like and and referring back to um i guess the idea of like uh the thing that's common with metal music which is a lot of where i draw my inspiration which is uh, music of the body it's sort of it's Mm. it's very physical it's very visceral and that's that's the shorthand way i have of explaining why i like the things that i like and why i make a lot of the things i make so a lot of my stuff is uh doing a combination of things with the noise stuff it's um a lot of things with contact microphones so the idea is uh I mean, anybody who's seen someone playing an acoustic instrument that is nonetheless amplified is using um uh, they will typically have um some sort of transducer or pickup that's pressed onto like the wood or something of there and it will pick up the vibrations and uh so that you can Plug that into a mixing desk and amplify it, mm-hmm. but instead of using regular instruments, i'm using like uh, like um, the the one I 'm known for is a meat cleaver um which I have yet <laughs> to have an have an awkward situation at a venue about, but i'm waiting for it it'll happen one day um and i've and, and i've I've only cut myself a couple of times, and that was when awkwardly trying to pack it or unpack it and when i haven't adequately wrapped the blade but um yeah it's 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 um that one's quite good because uh cleavers have very dense metal they resonate a lot so when you hit them on things namely in this case I I used an old chopping board that I've I, I didn't really like the cover color of it it looked kind of daggy and 70s so I covered in black gaffer so it looks a bit more i guess metal mm-hmm. um and then uh and so and so with that this and I run it through a lot of effects the usual kind of things like a lot of um re- reverb Delay and I uh, and, and distortion obviously um, not as much as distortion as I used to so it's usually the, the use the less is more kind of thing um and I also use a little coin box like what you, if you're going to a Zine fair you'll have a little coin box for mm. your coins um that's that's particularly good I got a small a very small one of that um that I just chucked a few coins in locked it and then did the same thing pressed some contact marks on that and and then when you rattle it, and specifically if you lower the octaves in a, with a pitch shifter effects pedal um, by about, usually with me it's about two octaves, and so it can sound like rocks or something like that, and and use that in, a, I guess a bit, I guess a fairly rhythmic kind of way. Mm. Um, and the other things I do is, I'll, of course, I do with feedback. Um, with, it's the the great thing about. Um, bringing the music into a live space because you can record a lot of this stuff at home. But when you're talking about the kind of feedback that comes from the room, it's um, there's a, there's, there's a significant limit to that. You can't really do that in uh, like strata living or anything like that, that a lot of us are living. in. so um, bringing live, I can do a bit of that. And sometimes it's through the contact microphones um other times through other like conventional microphone sources but another thing i do is what i call controlled feedback which is where you create a loop between the sound coming out of um, a set of pedals and mixing desks and you bring it back in and you control what comes in this obviously the there's feet it's feeding back within itself but it's also being disrupted by this the effects that you're um adding to it um on top of this i also do a I also do uh just rely on samples a bit like I think i was I was resisting that a while I like the idea of everything being created in the moment, but with that um it does allow you to uh, uh not have that experience of where you're going for a particular sound live and because the, there's a lot of um random elements in here and some you can go for a sound and it just doesn't happen but whereas if you've got if you've got something where you can at least know every time i press this button it's going to make roughly this sound then that's fine and the more thing the more things that you don't have to micromanage in your setup the more you can kind of be present and actually be a performer rather than someone Mm. that like another thing i'm known for is just um staring at all the little dials with bad posture and not moving a lot i kind of like to encourage myself to sort of move around a bit so that allows me to do that. So that's a bit of that. I also do in one of the one of the groups in um in the church Visteria, I um I play bass. And that's okay. mostly what I do. There's like I think w- there's one song where I where I also using like a shaky box with uh contact marks on it, but rest of that it's just regular bass and sometimes no effects on it. It's just me and bass it's it's, it's the most naked I feel. Okay. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wow. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot. Uh, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you uh, about the the meat cleaver because I remember one gig um, I went to of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was at Bar Freer, or Free. This was way back in March. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you were doing the um, the shallow um, the shallow act, and yep. I noticed you took that out. I'm like. What's going? What's going on? <laughs> is it gonna? Is it gonna destroy us? Like that's how is that even? How is yep. that even possible? I was actually like telling someone about it the other day, and mm. and they were like they couldn't wrap their head around the, yep. the technology behind it. It's like, but what? How is that? Like, how does it connect and, and whatnot? So I yeah. think it's
0: like like the idea of it. The, the, the it's understandable having that response, but the the the, the tech is is uh it's pretty um antiquated tech as far as like music equipment goes i think like this kind of stuff has been around been around for a while and thankfully because of that it's actually not hard to find like you can get your average like pickup for like 10 or 12 bucks online and um that's actually a great way of if you're touring as a noise musician obviously Mm. you're not going to bring your amplified meat cleaver like a meat cleaver with like wires coming out of it it doesn't look good especially a little metal box with wires Fastened to it It really doesn't look good So um, Friends of mine Have uh, uh, One friend in particular I was asking him about this And I knew he toured a bit Doing this kind of stuff And he was like Yeah I just bring the pickups And then I buy metal junk over there and if you want to hang on to it then you can post it home but if not you can just go at the end of a gig present there you go person in audience a
1: souvenir from yeah the show. <laughs> and, it, and
0: it doesn't cost you that much and I'm, I'm very much in favor of things that things that are very accessible and so sort of, mm. again like like my zine past influencing just very diy kind of you use what you got and you and you and in this situation i try and make as much noise as possible with as little, as small an amount and an accessible amount of equipment.
1: Yep. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so your involvement with all these bands like Expurgatory and Religious Observance and uh, Colostomy Baguette and the other ones that I've mentioned. So, I guess, like, how are they? Like, ha- Like, what are the similarities be- between them? Like, the thing that sort of connects them, do, do you think? Uh,
0: well, I know with... um.
1: With religious observance, it was
0: uh, that one came out of um, kind of a joining of a couple of bands. So uh, there was actually one of the bands you mentioned where there was a connection with what I do, but it wasn't one of the ones I was involved. With, which was uh, She Beast, which was that was one of the groups that appro- that was a group that approached and, Beget and said, "Hey, can we uh, join? Uh, can we join forces to like you do this noise thing and we'll do this sort of heavy doom sludge thing and we'll become this." bigger beast of a thing and so with that one there was a very clear line between the colostomy baguette thing and um i think colostomy baguette actually started not as a noise group but as um me and uh um, my uh, my friend wayne um who had known each other since we were um in high school and we and we go to a lot of gigs together and we we're like one day we should try and form a band and we wanted to try and start a grindcore band but Neither of us really knew how to play instruments. I was just <laughs> right. like, alright, okay, I've got I've got a few effect, a few distortion pedals, I've got like a drum machine and a keyboard. Can we make something that roughly sounds like that? Um and then we went out to a Doom Metal gig before our first jam session, and so we we're like, maybe we can play it a bit slower. And so then we, we made something that was like a, a very noisy response to Doom Metal, but then we gradually just became like this very overdriven, harsh noise group. Um I went to some kind of, some quite interesting places actually. Um, there was a, there was a friend of mine who became a member of that for a while who actually had a colostomy bag. Oh. Uh, and was like, uh, and was a friend of the, who sat sadly in, um, the situation. She's, um, she, she passed away a few years ago, um, had very, very advanced, uh, bowel cancer. But, um, that, um, her joining the band was sort of this, um, was this amazing point of like where, a lot of her writing that she did about ex- about living with cancer um, actually really ma- really made sense in the context of this kind of abrasive, um, full on kind of noise situation. She had an interest in that kind of music, and so it was, I approached her was like, w- "We can work something out. We we can add your words to this, and I'm probably going to want to engage with some of the more." Um, aberrant- aspects, aspects about what you 're right, and she was like that 's totally fine she she really really loved it she was it was a it was a really great moment of being able to share that together um i just didn 't expect a band called Klas Me Beget to somehow get to a point that i would describe as being profound it was a very <laughs> it was a strange twist in my life um but yeah the, but further on from that um yeah we yeah it was just this that that was the connection there and shallow was something I was doing um almost as long as Kla me beget and again, it was just I was wanting to yeah just try and try and create as much of like an overpowering intense kind of music with a very very small amount small amount of equipment and I've taken different approaches over the years and it's nearly been so yes, twenty ten when I started that one and it was two thousand nine with Klas Briga, and so we're it, it it I know a lot of artists talk about like the enormous amount of time it takes to like find your sound and find your voice and so forth and if you're told that too early on it, you, you can almost feel like giving up because you're like it's going to take you the better part of a decade to reach this point it's mm. like oh god but that was um. but it's actually kind of worked out that way and we got actually now getting this level of sort of ex- respect I guess and mm. and and and, and, or, and an audience and people actively listening and what we're doing so which is feels like we're doing something of the right thing for i'm from what i can see for a lot of the right
1: people which is great mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's awesome um yeah so so the the so i'm sort of so when i've listened to to your music there's i sense sort of a mixture of um like like and correct me if i'm wrong but uh death metal black metal industrial ambience um a lot of distortion, which mm. I just adore. I yep. love distortion <laughs> in any kind of form. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm going to ask you that dreaded question. Yeah, uh, what has influenced you as an artist, like in that kind of genre, and what got you into uh, it?
0: Yes, um, in terms of, uh, well, originally a lot of the a lot of the loudest kind of stuff. It was um, there was a lot of a lot of black metal early on in there, and that was the area I was aiming for, for originally. Um, and but you have to be you have to be careful with black metal. Uh it's just it's mm. just just sort of like uh there's all these memes online and like where people um asking this new, new black metal band and they're going like oh I just discovered this new band. I wonder what their influences are and they cuts to a picture and it's like hello it's me Hitler. And it's just yeah yes, there's so many of them and you have to have all these conversations with people you're going to work with in that particular community uh yeah. saying uh, uh, saying like okay like I need to know your politics like and if pe- even if people go like I uh, oh, I don't see myself as being political or something like that's a red flag. It's like, no, that means that whenever anybody is quite like racist and really intolerant and feels like they can get away with it, they can with you because you don't feel like you engage with politics, which is rubbish because we all mm, do. You yeah. can't avoid that. And so I, I, that one's, but, but musically, like I've, al- I, I've always really engaged with it and I've, and I've kept on persisting and trying to find the right combination of people making this music but not coming from that terrible place not working towards that terrible place mm. and we're finally so at this point now we're getting these amazing bands like what was it um, like gaylord and neckbeard death mm. camp and oh, all these I and love all these neckbeard death camp yeah forthrightly um uh, very very left wing very anti-racist very anti-homophobia and anti-transphobia and very like very like um definitely like uh forthrightly political like like I've, number one identifying with that and it's great and, the, and they have no patience for people who feel that oh no we should let anybody play in this play, play in this kind of, kind of scene it's just about the music and you're like no no look if you let if you let people in there it means there's a whole bunch of people who like the music who will feel excluded and that's terrible um that, in terms of like, but I've also doom metal's a very big influence to me mm-hmm. like, like a lot of a specific lot of like death metal influence doom metal like uh I think it was the early stuff I got into like Anathema and Morgion and My Dying Bride um, then also so the the rougher heavier stuff like um, uh, Corrupted from Japan oh. uh, who are who are an amazing amazing group who are very influential to religious observance specifically and also the band from uh, New Orleans uh, I Hate God also a really big influence oh, I
1: love I Hate God and I recently got into them and yeah it's great stuff and
0: they're, well, they're I think they're coming back to Australia later this year we're oh. still waiting on waiting on tour dates but they did a Southeast okay. Asian Too early this year, they're coming back doing another one in that Mm. same area again and then I think they're coming back down here but we're still waiting on dates Um, and um, the body is also a really big influence in the last Mm -hmm. few years we got to open for them early this year which was absolutely phenomenal and I just like I was um, uh, I I, I just had the experience of like uh, beforehand sitting down and idly chatting with this guy who was like oh you're really influential to me but I'm not going to tell you that, I'm not going to tell you Any of these things about how i how much I adore your music and everything you do i 'm just going to just awkward, I'm, occasionally say words in this conversation and pretend that i 'm feeling normal um, but that, that stuff like that is, um, but in terms of the industrial side of things, there was um definitely a bit of like the harshest of like uh, Mersbau, but a lot of the i guess scandinavian death industrial stuff that came out of that uh cold meat industry label that was around for a while up until a number of years ago so um uh, very, um, like, like heavy rhythmic stuff, like, uh, I think, uh, Deutsch-Nepal and um, MZ412, which was an interesting collision of industrial and black metal. Uh, and, unfortunately, again, that, that particular genre is also an area where you're like, oh, okay, right, okay, yeah. what do you actually... Like, there's a lot of... Because it's very... It's very willfully postmodern, using a lot of pastiche and collage, and you're not sure it's like, okay, you're sampling horrible things. Where do you actually feel about this? Or are you just like, like awkwardly sh- shrugging in the background and then liking it whenever anybody just reacts upset? Because I figure if you're making intense music, you should be answerable to every aspect of it, and you shouldn't just be getting upset when people are upset. Mm. It that doesn't make sense. It it actually sounds like you shouldn't be making intense music. You shouldn't be. You should be working within something that's actually safer. Mm. Um, and it's sort of nice when you can throw that sort of that that thing back at people like that, where you're like, oh, so so you need a safer space now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and just because you're like like that's actually you know it's actually kind of reasonable to understand that people have limits and to and to be just adult about that Mm. and that's okay you can still create intense music create an intense space for that and allow people to engage with that but just be aware that like sometimes these people are going to be responding in an extreme way to an extreme situation and if you want to keep doing this then be present engage with that Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah, I I completely agree. Um yeah, just to segue into the interview, uh tell us a little bit about that song. Well, that particular piece um it was I, the title
0: uh, government-sponsored self-harm was specifically referring to the plebiscite which was um we were in, in the throes of at the time when we it was from a live performance in late 2017 and that that was all happening and there was this very very horrible Time Mm. for um, so many people in the queer community, um, and and just anybody with queer queer people in their lives at that time, even just would like uh, would it just you absorbed it as well and and so that particular one was a um, there were a number of tracks on there that were specifically uh, referring to that was going on. I think the title for the we had this intro which was just a computer generated voice telling everybody Mm. that we'd like to dedicate everything that gets flushed down the toilets at this venue to the Australian Christian Lobby. Mm. And I think the title for that piece that I put up was like the postal address for the Australian Christian Lobby. Um, I don't know why I did that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, then, um, then there's uh, the second rate was like um, when lipstick um, tastes like blood, uh, which was just uh, this moment. I remember when like going to like, when getting the letter in the mail or when posting the plebiscite thing, it was just like, this is utterly ridiculous. This is, this is horrendous that this is happening. And, um, I've just felt that this particular outlet was, um, very, um, it was, it was a kind of, it felt like it was expressing the right emotion for that point in time. Mm. Um, and it's, I feel that that, resonated with a few people um on that on that one there's um sometimes with uh, with that particular uh band there was there's a lot of like willfully very like uh a lot of toilet humor in there basically it's Mm. a very scatological band that, that a lot of the themes refer back to that but um time there are definitely times where it does become quite much darker and much much more serious right, where there's a specific thing wanting to communicate and i figure even even if you are just sort of like repurposing words because and and moving things around so they can be sort of i don't know uh, kind of a bit silly and funny it's still got to be mindful of like okay even though there are other people's words you're repurposing they're still you still got to own them but yeah i i um i definitely feel like it's um a lot of my a lot of my involvements in um my groups i i I like to be, um, uh, making a point of like taking space as a, uh, as a queer person, mm. um, performing music, especially in these particular communities. Um, and I think that, I think it pays off. I think like, like, cause like I, um, uh, I identify as a transverse side. That's been the, 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 the identity that I've owned for, um, Probably the longest period of time that I've owned a any particular um queer identity and mm. that's changed a bit over time, but that's been the persistent one and that that's been one that I've chosen because like i I feel like one day i won't need to maybe I don't know that it's going to be in my lifetime, but um you know I can be hopeful in like t- theoretically um but but i um so with that one it just being able to take up space on the um as a a gender ambiguous person performing on stage I think that's it you know it, you can't be what you can't see. So a lot there's a lot of people within um, uh, that, that, that I've encountered over time within the noise music community and within the metal community who do who are coming or approaching it or responding to it from a very queer perspective, mm-hmm. and um, and you're seeing more people feeling able to take up that space in this very. Kind of like powerful, intense, loud kind of way uh, that I that I think is very is very important. It's not not even just cathartic. It's just sort of like uh, the, the, that's been the persistent thing with just the broader history of rock music is like people taking up a lot of space on the stage, and traditionally it's been um, uh, white cis heck guys, and so you need to see more people being similarly loud and. Taking up as much space on the stage as possible um it, in the time that they can to um to also have that have that impact, and so hopefully you won't get the kind of thing where it's so easy to wind up on a lineup realizing like okay let 's look how are we doing on diversity points? Not good, oh no, that happened again mm-hmm. it's really easy to do that. You need yeah. to be very very conscious all of the time and and giving as much space as you can to people who don't fall in those particular uh into it, uh, just very very narrow normative categories because there is so much diversity in the people who listen to this but there is so little in terms of what you see and that's really disappointing i think it's changing it's just when you're in the middle of it and you're doing it and you're trying to organize gigs and you're trying to engage with more artists who are outside of that area then it's uh it feels very slow, but it is I feel the change is happening. I feel like i'm very very fortunate to be able to engage with like a um quite a number of uh queer identifying people even like specifically locally that make quite experimental um loud noisy music and it's also coming into the in, into the metal area because a lot of people from that perspective are very influenced by metal and very like and And that it's just... Metal's a harder thing to crack into. Like, I think with noise, there's an expectation for a fairly wide level of, like, um, diversity in uh, in the type of people drawn to it, seen as being a bit of a fundamentally stranger genre. So that can lead to being more accepting. But metal is so conservative. It is Mm. very, very, very conservative, even though you've got people like Rob Halford, who's been, Mm. like, this massive... Gay icon who it was it was like a forthright like leather bear almost from from the get go. Yeah. And and then when he came out and people were like, Oh this is terrible, I'm gonna throw out all my Judas Priest cities I'm like, you didn't know. It, you couldn't tell. It's yeah, just Yeah, exactly. You know, like
1: it, uh, Yeah, like you know, it's, it's it's hysterical. Like he pretty much kickstarted the whole lever and chains looks that oh, everyone yes. associates with metal, and that all came from an S and M store. So, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's it's like no, look, just this is. It, it, it's it's absurd that 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 there is so much. Uh, there is so much of that this like aversion to um, anything that's outside of the norm. Like it's a very like it, it. To on one level, if you look at like sociological history of metal, it's like sure, it, it came out of um, like working class Birmingham and places like that. Like mm. where where Black Sabbath came out of, you're, you're talking like a working class culture, mm. and you're and you're talking about people who were creating music that could make them bigger than the sum of their parts, which is important as like. Um, lower to working class people having an outlet for that is very important, uh, but it but you also do finds with it within those within that, dem- that particular demographic. You also it's it is also particularly conservative. People do tend to follow on from the politics of their parents, mm-hmm. and so you, it was very different to punk culture, which also uh, came out of. Um, not quite the the exact same demographic. There was more of sort of an influence of like people coming at it from academia, and academia was always very interested in me- in punk, but mm. um, also it was also very not interested in metal. Like it's only in the last ten twenty years where you're getting academics going right. Let's actually figure out metal, but it, it but it has just remained this very very. Um, uh, a scene that is not known for um, uh, being great with diversity or um, of or, or anything that could come across as seeming politically engaged. It's not music of protest. It is mu- it is uh, music music of escape. Mm. That's how I see it fundamentally. It's music of escape, and and it's it's. Fantasy music in some situations mm, as well yeah. uh so but you are that is changing you are getting more people who are realizing like no we can't we all live in this world you can't, this is um being a metal is not this bubble where suddenly you're not part of the world and you don't have to f- take into account the complexity of that it's um it's something that um you need to engage with these things and you need to engage with these difficult things when uh when these um horrible uh horrible aspects of just Human existence and sort of like uh, and discrimination and inequality just come into that, and it's it's still going to be the case. So
1: I feel like I'm not really finishing the sentence well, but you you get the gist. No, I I totally understand. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Like um, it's yeah, it's funny because I feel like metal, in some sort of sense, it's actually quite nerdy i know it doesn't oh, seem it's so like it's yeah, it really nerdy it has a lot of similarities with with nerd culture but in particular oh, yeah. like it's viewed as an escape and especially like with have head white men like them just constantly like no 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 we don't want any politics in the you know because it's a it's a bubble for us like it's ironic they talk about like they like, criticize other people for wanting safe spaces yeah. but what are they doing they're it's, doing the same thing
0: it's exactly the same thing they 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 don't they they don't want to um, be in a space for the where they'll experience criticism and And so Mm. forth, and yeah, I feel like the religious observance track should probably come up soon after this. Is that possible? Yeah, we will definitely play Uh, it once. (laughs) Yeah, once we just gone a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but no, no, it just just sort of occurred to me that's that's fitting because I'm actually I think the one I got lined up is a it's a Mayhem cover. So cover for very. uh, Oh really? Okay. Yeah
1: recognize the title actually. yeah no yeah. We, we
0: we we slowed it down a bit mm. um um but we yeah it also gave me an excuse to use a sample from stone like one of my favorite exploitation films from the 70s oh, it was this kind yeah. of proto mad mm. max like satanic bikers it's wonderful mm. um but yeah anyway i digress
1: yeah um so so yeah we we're actually speaking about this before but um yeah like black metal um for those of you who don't know <laughs> there's cert- it has certain connotations uh with neo-nazism and mm. and fascism yep. um and yeah, like there's there's a movement called Nash. I don't even want to give it attention. Um, look yeah. it up; you'll find it. Yeah, um. yeah. <laughs>
0: it's actually it's that was the thing I was frightened about when I was um more, uh, especially in hindsight, but even but even at the time when I was in high school and discovering black metal, and it did not take me long to once I went down the rabbit hole of like, oh, this is great. Let's find something darker, more intense. Darker, more intense. than hello, there's the Nazis. It really didn't take long. Yeah, and this was like you know in the what was it in the late nineties with like early internet where. It's just these crummy little websites, but it didn't take long before you wound up at this really quite frightening point. Mm. I mean, like, this is what happens when you go, like, in, from one te- one point of intensity to another to another, and that's seen as being, like, this is the most extreme. It's like, no, actually, it's the most, like like, you're... You're referring to the terrible racist beliefs of your parents and your grandparents. you yeah. just happen to be wearing corpse paint. Um, mm. That's that's the main difference here. And it's just and they saw themselves as being out outsiders from the uh, from the uh, from the black community and also outsiders from the uh, from the right wing fascist community as well. Um, because they it was this weird. It, there's so many different sort of like. Yeah, yeah. Again, like there's there's no use giving it too much like public um, free publicity here, but it's there's still it's still an element, it's still there. Mm, yeah. And um, like I've left gigs and had people hand out like oh, little shiny flyer. I can't really read the font, but okay, I'll take it off you. And then you're about fifty meters down your road, and you look at it, and you go, this person was giving out like Nazi propaganda on Swanston Street, and like, Yikes. I, and I'm like, and they felt okay with this. I'm like. What? Like, 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 like the, that? It's so normalized that people feel that they can get away with this without anybody just, just shining a light on them, going, going. What the hell are you doing? This mm. is awful. You should know that so many people are furious mm. at the views that you hold and the views that you're trying to share with other people. This is horrible. Mm. And and what I'm saying right now, this is not censorship. I am not putting a gun to your head. I am showing you that your views are hated so strongly and from a very powerful, deep point. And Mm. you should know that. You should engage with it. You should be aware of what you're doing. And it's just, it's it's really heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, but, um, But yeah, it's, but then again, also within that particular community, there is a, there, there is resistance. There's this great site I like to go to called Red and Anarchist Black Metal Online, mm. which is this, you know far left wing um, groups are uh, being very politically active and doing what they can to counter that. So that's wonderful.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was actually gonna like mention that. Um, yeah, there's like a few. Black metal artists here in Australia, and particularly like um, mm. people of color, um, like Safdar Ahmed and Ken Yalcin Yalcincaia, yeah, in mean, Hazin in from Sydney, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm. If you're listening to that, I'm right now. I'm so sorry, Khan. but um, yeah, it's sort of like feels like it's taking black metal back and sort of making it more inclusive. Because yeah, because listening to it, like growing up, I really loved the music, but when you find out about that whole mm. history, it's really mm. quite sickening. So it is it does actually make me feel quite good that, you know, we're they're sort of taking it back despite, you know, you've get idiots going on about, you know, political correctness running metal, oh my god, what's the world coming to? No, and it's, it's like I guess like I guess how like um sort of what are the ways we can sort of like make it like a less of a <laughs> how do I put this? Like like less of a genre that has an awful ideology and more yeah. inclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: no definitely and the, and and it, like there is still there's plenty of horrible things to sing mm-hmm. th- to to sing about and to and to to have to absorb and to um share within your music that it uh that don't mean that you're having to go down a particular really horrible um political route like you, there's such like a narrow minded thing a lot of these people are thinking like oh no I'm just referring to all this stuff in Germany and World War Two, because like oh it just really inspires the mood I'm like there are so many things happening nowadays you could be talking about that would actually shine a light on things that don't get a light shone on them that would be that that would be infinitely like that would be stronger and more present more, more urgent um, that you're just being lazy really you're just you're just not doing not doing your research you're not doing what you can for furthering things making things actually better and more
1: interesting yeah Mm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess Um. what would be some of the obstacles in sort of getting people to recognize not just dark music in mm. this country, but queer people making dark music in this country? Uh, the,
0: I think the obstacles is that there's, that within the community, there there's resistance to criticism and um, there's resistance to people making space for their thing. There's a whole, like, ludicrous, like, you know, debate about or the, or the, the uh, argument against being like, oh, it's all just like forced diversity. It's like no, it's like you haven't made a space for people like mm. for for people coming from this point of view. What particular demographics need this music more than those who yeah. are at the margins? You need to make space for this because if you don't, you're going to get this very watered down kind of like um sort of faux aggression kind of stuff. You need it to come from this very powerful point, like like for example, like um like dispossessed and um, from from Sydney and Divide and Dissolve who are one of my favourite doom, doom acts from Australia who are who are coming from talk, speaking out against like uh, like all the horrible things with colonialism and racism in Australia mm. and wider and and I think and, and it it properly makes you feel Uncomfortable, but in this way that wakes you up and is really is really vital. And I think I think just making sp- uh, space needs to be made. Space needs to be mm. um and space needs to be given when, when 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 and and don't and don't wait for people to ask for it. Make yeah. sure you have the space there. mate and and make people feel welcome. Do the bloody acknowledgement at gigs. Like yeah, that that, that just never happens. Mm. Do things like that. There are many things you can do to say to say we're. We we love this music. This music is powerful. This music is strength. We want more people to be able to have access to this. That's not a bad thing. That's a very, very good thing. Um, I think that's the main thing. It has to come from the community. It, it's not the because we're operating outside of so much of like mainstream cultures. So it's not the responsibility of mainstream culture. They're just sort of like, oh, yeah, there's these people over there. They're doing this thing. All right, we'll just let them do that. So it has to come from from the community itself. The community
1: has to change. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I I completely agree with that 100. percent. Like that's kind of the philosophy I have, not just with music, but also because I'm involved with comics, and mm. we sort of have oh, that yeah. exact yeah. same problem. So yeah, um, so yeah, I can completely agree with that. Um, so just to just to finish up, um, where can we where can we find your music? Ooh, lot online.
0: Uh, that we I think most of the stuff that I that I do has um uh respective like band camps have started trying to put my music on spotify not for the money nobody does that for the money and <laughs> no there's no money in that uh, there's no money in noise music anyway but um the but religious observance uh if, if you're having trouble finding that and not finding things that are to do with literal religious observance like our name refers back to like early british slang for sex it's Coming I mean, from a very different point of view, but uh, but yeah, there's religious observance and shallow um, and uh, Colosmia Baguette. Well, that's that's probably the easy one to find, <laughs> um, and um, Church of Hysteria, a range of other things like that. They're, like there's pages on pages on Facebook, there's pages on Bandcamp. If you type type in the name of the band and then Bandcamp, you'll find that probably that's probably the easiest way to find a lot of these a lot of this music.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, thank you so much, John, for being on uh, f- Free CR. That's right. It's been it's been such a great time talking about all this. Cheers. <laughs> it it's so rare that I get a chance to, um, you know, have an opportunity to talk about this kind of stuff on air. So yeah, yeah. it's been really good. That's yeah, wonderful. Um, so yeah, to uh to finish up, we've got some events. Uh, so John, uh, what what do you have? Well, it's um. Relatively quiet with a lot of with a lot of my um a lot of my uh,
0: acts and so forth. I was sort of trying to taper things back this year, but there's a couple of things down the horizon. Um, all the um, all got down in September, not September. I'm going to say October. Uh, we're um playing with uh where the the uh, the token uh loud band, which um um on this uh lineup in October nineteenth at the Bendigo Hotel. Uh, it's quite a good, quite a very decent lineup. Um, there's, um, but the headlining is this uh, is a, a Malaysian grindcore band called Compulsion to Kill, and we'll also be playing with Somatized, uh, Destroyer, uh, Us, uh, uh, Pissbolt, Sanctioned, GBS, Remains, and Abergrabe. Uh, well, and so that's um, so yeah. As I said like it's, we'll we'll be the only one playing like generally slower music there Um, and then uh, we'll be playing again in November we're opening for this band called Cult of Occult from uh, France one of these bands who successfully managed to remain anonymous we don't know what their names are I'm sure someone does Um, but we're and we'll be playing at um, uh, they'll be touring around the country but we'll be playing in Ballarat I think it's like Friday the 8th um, at the uh, at the Eastern, and we'll also be playing at, um, at um, again at the Bendigo Hotel on the ninth of November. Um, on the ninth, will be amazing. It'll be um, us and uh, Streeborg, this very sort of uh, strange uh, black metal act who's now doing weird electro music. Uh, he's he, it'll be his first time in the mainland um, we will be our first time playing with Whitehorse as well it's an amazing um, local Doom Sludge noise group um, and yeah so that should be amazing so it's just a couple of things but yeah it will be you
1: know worth checking out Awesome. Um, so, yes, I'm just going to mention this brief event because it's quite relevant to what we were talking about. It's Fight the Right, and Anti-Fascist Day Forum. So, the campaign against racism and fascism invites all anti-fascist and anti-racist activists to a day forum on organising f- against the far right. So this will be a practical and activism-based forum where ideas and theories are discussed only in relation to their significance and impact on activist approaches to resistance. So um, that is on Saturday, the 10th of August, from mm-hmm. 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Trades Hall Place in Carlton.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cool. Awesome. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely come to... So that it looks pretty cool. So sadly, we have come to the end of another show. Mm-hmm. You can find previous episodes of Queer in the Air on the Free CR website, that is freecr.org.au, and like and follow us on Facebook for more updates. And while you're at it, do subscribe to Free CR. You can come into the studio doing office hours. You can do it by post, by phone, or online at the Free CR website. It's thirty five dollars concession and seventy five dollars wage, so do yourself a favour and support Community Radio. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast, produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to org. crorgau